Chapter 5. What's to Hate? The Worst Parts About Working in Restoration If the restoration industry has some very unique, positive elements to it, it's safe to assume there are also particular elements of the job that wear on workers, testing their patience and their commitment to the industry. Considering the frequency at which today's modern worker is taking a step back to reconsider his or her career choices, it's imperative that managers are well aware of the worst parts about the restoration industry from the perspective of the worker so they can attempt to mitigate problems. And what you'll find in this chapter is particularly surprising. Very, very few of the complaints you're about to read mention anything inherent to the restoration industry. In fact, out of our hundreds of survey responses, the word poop only came up once. Instead, you'll find a long list of grievances that managers have lots of control over. This is good news, because employees can always tell the difference between this is just a hard part about the job and this could be better if the people around me were more competent slash intentional. Today's worker does not demand an easy job, but the great resignation has proven that they will not sit by indefinitely while the worst parts of their experience go unaddressed. Managers that want to attract and retain this new generation of workers need to work actively to identify the most frustrating aspects of a job and take clear, intentional steps to remove barriers and impediments where they can. Not dealing with obvious problems is a surefire way to bleed quality workers left and right. The path to a better workplace for you and your workers is not by avoiding pain, it's by dealing with it head-on. Here are the worst parts of the restoration industry from the perspective of its workforce. The Least Fulfilling Part of the Job Out of all the different aspects of the restoration industry, what are the most soul-crushing? Which tasks leave workers going home feeling frustrated and defeated, unsure if they're cut out for this industry or not? About 16% of workers surveyed mentioned a specific job function of theirs that exhausted them. For example, many managers said anything related to collecting payment for services rendered was particularly painful for them, which is unsurprising. No one signs up for the restoration industry because they like hounding insurance companies to pay up. Many other managers cited the constant hiring process as a tiring, defeating element of working in the restoration industry. But the vast, vast majority of workers in the restoration industry, 84% by comparison, cited aspects of the job that were not simply a task, like collections or hiring, as the least fulfilling. Almost all of these issues are completely addressable if managers are willing to do something about it. 16% of workers pointed to the tedious amount of paperwork they're required to do on any given day, with office workers saying this was far and away the worst element of their job. As one employee put it, I often feel like I'm doing things that don't move the needle in any way. Others often use the terms busy work, bureaucratic, and redundant in describing the work they had to do. It's clear there's a disconnect here between the work that's being input 
and its relationship to the vision and mission of the company. If workers don't understand how their tasks are contributing to the overall goals of the company, they're either doing the wrong tasks or management has done a poor job communicating why the work they do is important. Additionally, if your company is using outdated methods of data entry and project management, you could be inflicting unnecessary pain on your workers. For field workers specifically, the high workload and being on call was particularly draining. Missing birthday parties, date nights with a spouse, or the big game because of the industry they've chosen is particularly defeating. And few people are enthusiastic to give away control of their schedule for years or decades of their lives. Given the restoration industry's high turnover rate, it may feel unavoidable that field workers will always have to bear the brunt of this, but if you've read the book this far, you should believe otherwise. You've got specific, tangible actions you can take to increase your company's ability to attract and retain top workers. And by not doing so, you are testing your current staff's ability to feel overworked for months or years on end. What if the 17% of your staff that feel exhausted because of their insane schedule finally handed in their two weeks' notice and walked away? you'd best believe it might push the other 83% of your staff over the edge, too. The onus is on you to identify the ways you can relieve this pressure before it's too late. It's also important to recognize in this data the influence that a bad work environment has on employee happiness. The flip side of the coin we discussed in the previous chapter the same co-workers that can cause an employee to leave the job site excited about their workplace can leave them frustrated and angry if the environment is negative. Considering the immense pressure on field techs, from angry clients to insurance, both of whom also made the list of least fulfilling aspects of the restoration industry, companies should take a proactive role in developing a strong sense of camaraderie in the field. Restoration is a tense, stressful job, not unlike that of first responders. Field techs are called into chaotic situations and expected to remedy them quickly. Consider the potential repercussions if two field techs, addressing circuitry problems in a home severely damaged by a hurricane, don't trust each other. No matter how skilled they are, if they cannot communicate well, the stakes are life and death. Firefighters are renowned for respecting their fellow workers. Each station is a family. Field techs may not need to be a band of brothers, but management should place heavy emphasis in training workers and finding opportunities for their field staff to build bonds with each other. The work these frontline techs do is too important to leave their interactions with co-workers to chance. The Main Causes of Frustration we now know the primary factors that leave workers unfulfilled, but of equal importance, is understanding the main things that drive an employee crazy. If unfulfillment is a slow burn, frustration is in your face, a problem that needs to be addressed in the short term. If ignored, these lead to bad attitudes, passive aggression, outright aggression, and a host of other issues that will degrade morale and cause employees to eventually decide your work culture is not for them. 
chief among the things that grate on workers in every role was team members letting them down, from a poorly defined scope of work to other staff members being bottlenecks. The responses to this question were colorful, to say the least. As one worker put it, when someone else doesn't do their job correctly, it directly affects my ability to do my job well. It's obvious that part of the frustration here is that most workers know it doesn't have to be this way. If management did a better job training new hires or vetting candidates, they might say to themselves, then I'd be able to finish this project on time. One of the primary roles of management is to remove barriers in front of their reports so they can get as much horsepower out of their staff as possible. When management fails to do this task, the result is workers turning on each other, pointing the finger when they can't get the job done properly. As we read in the last chapter, many workers just want to be able to put in a hard day's work and know they made an impact in the life of a customer. When team members cut corners or act selfishly, it not only slows down a job, it also obstructs their ability to feel deep meaning and fulfillment from the work they do. It's no wonder workers can only take so much of that feeling before they decide to move to a company with a better training program and higher standards for all its staff. It's also important to identify one major difference between field workers and other roles in this category. How often they cited management issues as the biggest cause of frustration at work. According to the Restoration Workforce Survey, field workers are 167% more likely to complain about management than their co-workers in the office. Certainly, the same personality type that values autonomy might chafe at their manager, but it's the responsibility of leadership to learn how to work well with all their staff members. And considering the importance of the field tech role, the consequences of getting this wrong can be severe. Bridging the Gap As we've discovered, if today's workers' frustration is mounting and they don't see signs of things turning around, they'll take their skills elsewhere. Just as employers must double down on the most fulfilling aspects of working in restoration, they must also be ruthlessly targeted on eliminating or mitigating its most unfulfilling aspects. Some of the frustrations discussed are inherent to the job. For example, if the boss has issues with the pace of approvals in the insurance industry, they're going to have to go to the back of a very large line. But factors such as bad teammates, management conflicts, miscommunication, and workload are all addressable if managers are willing to do the hard work. What was the root cause of most of the problems employees complained about? Poor communication. While some workers clearly mentioned communication issues as their biggest grievance, many others pointed to their downstream effects such as conflicts with management, being let down by teammates, and more. A lack of communication creates problems that manifest itself in every aspect of work, and dealing with only the symptoms, as opposed to the root cause, is like playing whack-a-mole. There's always another one that pops up. 
Instead, there are three specific areas you can target in your communication to eliminate the majority of the complaints voiced in this chapter. Communicate Vision As we discussed in the previous chapter, there's a significant number of restorers who find tremendous fulfillment in being able to help turn somebody's life around after a tragedy. Your management team should make it crystal clear to every worker how the work they're doing, whether that's cleaning up sewage or meeting insurance requirements in the office, fulfills your company mission and improves the life of a real person going through a really hard time. In the 1960s, NASA was on a full-on sprint to put the first man on the moon. Every person there, in every role, understood how the work they did factored into the organization's overall mission. At one point, in 1961, United States President John F. Kennedy was touring NASA's facilities when he ran into a janitor that was working well into the night. Why are you working so late? he asked the janitor. Well, Mr. President, the janitor responded, I'm helping put a man on the moon. Every person in that organization knew they played a special and important role in achieving the organization's overall success. It's incumbent on you, as a leader, to communicate the grander vision behind the work your company does and how it affects every role. With so many workers believing the tasks they're doing are just busy work, without a connection to the higher goals of the company, it's no wonder that teammates begin to let each other down as they start questioning, what's the point of doing all this anyway? Communicate expectations. It should be obvious by now that when businesses neglect to properly communicate the company's values and priorities, everybody suffers. If bad apples on your team start spoiling the enthusiasm and passion of your best workers, you have a true nightmare scenario that needs to be addressed immediately. Behaviors such as corner-cutting or no-shows, especially among full-time staff, is unacceptable and management needs to take a heavy hand to correct this. If this is the result of the worker not knowing what they're expected to do, take this as a lesson for both them and you. Your management team failed to clearly communicate what it is your company values and the behaviors that you hold most supreme in your organization. Don't assume every new staff member has the same set of priorities that you do. The honest, is on your team to create a plan to make it crystal clear to each team member what is expected of them and what they'll be measured by. Identify where you saw evidence of behavior that was out of alignment with your values and ensure they know that going forward, this behavior won't be tolerated. If the employee is well aware of what the expectations are but is not interested in pulling their weight, you cannot let them drag the rest of your staff down with them. Though beginning the hiring process all over again is exhausting, you are gambling with your best talent if you believe not addressing employees with a bad attitude won't have downstream effects that will make life significantly harder for you and your team. Communicate intentionally. When one worker mentions how frustrating it is to show up on site without the correct materials or a scope of work provided, it's easy to see that, as a mistake, that could happen to any fast-paced organization. 
when dozens and dozens of workers are describing the exact same scenario, it's obvious there's a bigger communication problem in the restoration industry that needs to be addressed. As Phil Rosebrook Jr., partner at Business Mentors, told us, employees in the restoration industry are too often sent to jobs without proper expectations for the scope of work or details other than a name, job number, and address. This is a function of incomplete or non-existent work orders with information on what has been done on the job to date and the condition of the job site. The restoration industry is built upon the urgency and speediness of responses. The nature of this work can make thorough communication difficult, if not impossible. This is why value must be placed on clear, consistent communication at the outset. Workers told us they get most of their information from managers on a need-to-know basis, either through fragmented text messages, emails, or secondhand from other restorers. This makes communication breakdowns inevitable. Companies should have a single source of truth that every worker knows to turn to if they've got questions. Not sure what we're supposed to be doing on the job today? Open up the work order. Forget how to properly don and doff PPE. Check our guide in our process manager. Combine this with consistent checkpoints throughout the week between management and staff, as discussed in previous chapters, and your odds of a worker showing up unprepared without any of the right materials or prerequisites complete have gone down dramatically. If the goal is to eliminate the barriers that prevent staff from using their full skill set to move the needle for the company and accomplish your mission, you can easily make marked improvements in this area just by building established and consistent lines of communication into your company workflow. No job is always glamorous, and this is doubly true of the industry that's been tasked with cleaning up after a disaster. But that doesn't mean bad attitudes and a poor employee retention rate are inevitable. The majority of the problems workers cited with the restoration industry are well within a manager's control to target and address. Yes, the industry is fast-paced, and leaders feel like they're always underwater, literally at times. But that is no excuse for allowing the experience for workers to be worse than it needs to be. The key to ensuring employees don't exit your organization prematurely is in the hands of one group, your management team. Which brings us to our final and most important chapter. Key Takeaways 84% of restorers said the least fulfilling aspects of their job were not tasks inherent to the restoration industry, but instead were internal dynamics that could be targeted and addressed. 16% of workers said the worst part of their job was doing meaningless, tedious work. Leaders need to reconnect the tasks of every team member to the broader mission of the company. Overall, the biggest source of frustration among all employees was feeling like team members let them down. By focusing on communicating company values, communicating employee expectations, and communicating intentionally, management can set the bar for all staff and give them the tools to be able to work unobstructed.